0: It's the Gardner Webb Coaches Show podcast, presented by Alpha Graphics South Charlotte. The premier custom printing, marketing, and signage company located in the heart of Charlotte. Visit alphagraphicssouthcharlotte.com. Here's your host, Phil Constantino. This Saturday at Spangler Stadium, the Gardner Web football team battles Charleston Southern and with a win... They will claim a second consecutive conference championship and head to the FCS playoffs for the second season in a row. With that, we welcome into the Coaches Show podcast, this reboot edition, the head coach of the running Bulldogs, Trey Lamb. Coach Lamb, four wins in a row, six and four on the season, four and one record in Big South OVC play. Here you are, once again, in position to clinch a playoff berth at home how about that
1: yeah it feels great you know just really proud of our guys to get to this point playing meaningful games Uh, at the end of the year there's not a lot of people that can say that across the country in all divisions Um, so just proud of the work ethic they've put in you know kind of sticking to the plan through the through the early part of the season had a couple tough losses there to App State and Tennessee State and Uh, East Carolina, so kind of put us behind the eight ball a little bit. But we've absolutely uh, came on strong, and we're playing our best football again late in the year. I don't know if it's something that we're doing as a coach or as a program, but it seems to be working where we peak at the right time. And uh, that happened again this year, and we got to make sure we take care of business this week and um, take one step at a time.
0: Our conversation with Trey Lamb on this Coach's Show podcast is presented by Alpha Graphics South Charlotte. Family-owned and operated for over 25 years, Alpha Graphics South Charlotte has been the premier printing company and design solution serving the Charlotte market. Owner and operator Rich Schepler brings over 35 years of industry experience to the table, and his team of marketing and communications experts can help you expand your brand. Visit alphagraphicsouthcharlotte.com. That's alphagraphicsouthcharlotte.com, or call 704-849-9292 that's 704-849-9292. So the struggles through the early part of the season. Let's go back to September 16th. You fall to Tennessee State on the road, 27-25 final score, you're one and two at the time. It was a game that I think we all can agree, you guys didn't play that well, gave it away, probably should have won and a 50-yard field goal in the final seconds beats you. I remember you jogging off the field that game. You were as visibly distraught as I've seen you in our four years together. You slapped the wall in the tunnel with your play sheet. You were upset. What were you feeling three games into the season after that one got away? And at the time, you lose a game in conference play, only six league games. Conference championship doesn't feel imminent.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just – I I was disappointed in the way we played in the second half more than anything in that game. You know, we – we make so many mistakes. We we had two turnovers in the kicking game. We snapped the ball over the punter's head, gave them seven points. Uh, didn't play particularly well on offense in the second half, and then we gave up a, a two-minute drill with about 45 seconds left to give up a field goal. I'm a 52-yarder at that. Um, and the kid hits it. Credit to them. They, they won the game, and, and they did what they were supposed to do. I would say, you know, Three weeks ago, we had another similar game to that at uh, Bryant, and it probably went the other way. You know, we probably should have lost that game and and kind of snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. So everything kind of evens out. Um, As upset as I was after the loss, I was just as happy after the win um, against Bryant. So I think those two even out, and then we've lost to East Carolina, App State, and Austin Peay with our true freshman quarterback getting his first start that week. That was going to be a tough one to win on the road. They're a really good football team. Um, and he didn't play particularly well in that game. And he's gotten better each week, and he's won four in a row. So um, excited about the way he's playing, excited about kind of the momentum our team has. We're playing really well on defense right now, and offense is kind of stringing together drives and, and making big plays to get wins.
0: Looking back, was losing a game like Tennessee State, was that good for you? It was
1: probably necessary. I think our players understood at that point um, our back was against the wall. We couldn't lose another one. We knew – Two losses was not going to get us in the conference championship, was not going to get us in this position. So we knew we had to win out, um, particularly after we lost to Austin P. because the at-large did not look great at that point either. Um, you know, you got to get to seven wins, seven FBS or FCS wins, Division One wins to get even a shot at the playoffs. And uh, luckily we're going to have an opportunity to do this this Saturday. Uh, but, you know, the way we schedule games, you know, we, we know we're going to have to play two Power Five or group of five games each year. And that puts more stress on us than the other games. There's not much room for error. So um, our kids know that. It makes us battle-tested at the end of the season, and it works. I mean, clearly it's working because it's happened two years in a row. Four consecutive
0: wins, October 21st versus Eastern Kentucky, October 28th versus then 13th-ranked UT Martin, November 4th at Bryant, November 11th at Tennessee Tech. And all of these wins outside of? the Tennessee Tech game this past weekend where he just pounced on him early, led 14-0 four minutes in and uh, 35-0 at halftime, cruised to victory. Uh, All of those other wins, three of the four, have required late-game heroics. October 28th against UT Martin, 16 plays, 90-yard drive, three fourth-down conversions on the field at Spangler Stadium to win it. Uh, The week after at Bryant, down 14, five minutes to go, two fourth down conversions, including a fourth and goal play, down to your third string quarterback. What does that say about the team?
1: I think it has a lot to do with our offseason program, just to be honest with you. I think Coach Horn um, does an unbelievable job this summer. We're able to get a lot of scholarship players here, 90% of our team's here for both sessions, uh, which is huge for us to be able to kind of instill the culture that I want through him, um and you hear the guys talking about it man they, they after wins they talk about the summer hey this game was won in the summer this game was won in the summer uh, that it makes it all worth it um I think that has a lot to do with it and and I think right now we're just a team of destiny we're gonna we're gonna find a way to get it done and um that's how we feel you know sometimes you feel like how's this gonna mess up and I've been in those situations as a coach how are we gonna mess this up I don't feel that way with this team I feel like okay how are we going to find a way to get it done? I mean, what's the, is it going to be defense this week? Is it going to be offense this week? Is it going to be special teams? Uh, we just seem to keep finding a way. And um, that's, in my opinion, the, the nature of a good team. And that's what good teams find. You're not always going to have the perfect game and play perfect. When you play bad and you find a way to win, uh, that says a lot about your culture and a lot about really the seniors, particularly on our defensive side of the football.
0: So going back to October fourteenth, you two and four at the time. You knew you had to run the table, as you mentioned before. The at large is now off the table. Did you really think you'd be at this point? Four straight wins, six and four, chance to get to seven wins, chance to do it again.
1: Well, when Matt got hurt, you know Matt was playing really, he played awesome versus App and really Matt well. Caldwell, your quarterback, yeah, quarterback Matthew Caldwell, and really well versus Elon the next week, and they were ranked top twenty-five, and they go on to win a few more games and. I thought after we beat Elon, we had a chance to be pretty good because I knew we were going to be on defense. Got a lot of guys back. The question marks were on offense, and Matt was playing really well. Well, Matt gets hurt against Robert Morris. Uh, we put Jalen in, and, and Jalen, you know, finished that game up. We knew we had Austin P coming up next, and I had no idea. I mean, when you start a freshman, you're going to have a ton of mistakes, and he did not play well against Austin P in a tough day uh, for him. Uh, but I knew after watching I was like, this guy's got some ability. If we can get this guy moving around a little bit, uh, get him making better decisions, get him comfortable. we got a chance to be pretty good. And uh, we've won one for, four straight since then, and it has a lot to do with the way he's played. So the burning question is, first,
0: what is Matthew Caldwell's status going forward the rest of the season? You've had him as day-to-day each week. Where does he stand right now?
1: Well, right now he's he can't throw the football as well as we we would like. He's very weak in his throwing shoulder, hadn't been able to work out at all. Um you know, he's running, he's exercising, he's getting his lower body in shape. Uh, but right now, it's just not there in his throwing motion. He can't physically throw the football. And um, he's not as gifted a runner as, as Jalen or Gino. So if he can't throw to his level of expectations, he doesn't make us better right now. Um, obviously, I love the kid. I think he's got a great future here, and uh, he's a great quarterback. Uh, but right now, without him, being able to throw to full capacity he doesn't give us much and Jalen's kind of on a hot streak right now and and Gino's ready to go at any given moment as well so then the next question is if and
0: when Matt does come back given that we are at the season finale here potentially the playoffs after that is this Jalen's season no matter what and is it Jalen's job
1: yeah I mean right now with with where Matt's at I think it is Jalen's and and Jalen's earned that and um you know, if we get to this point next year, it's always good when you have good players. I think both of them are capable of winning us games. I think Geno's capable of winning us games. Um, and I keep five scholarships at quarterback, and that's rare. Most people only keep three. Uh, but we put a lot into that position. I believe you have to be good there to have a chance. And uh, if it gets to that point, we'll let them battle it out and compete. But I feel really good about Jalen right now. He's, I'm riding a hot hand, um, and he's playing really well.
0: You said to me after the EKU game, uh, when he won his first time winning as a starter, people have no idea how hard it is what he just did. And now, over the course of this four-game winning streak, what he is doing. He's a true freshman. He's, from what I've gathered from you, a fairly young true freshman. Just got here in July. How hard is what he is doing at the quarterback position?
1: Well, at training camp, he was our f- fourth or fifth string quarterback i don't think he got any reps in the scrimmages hardly and and if he did it was against the threes which was base defense you know base calls like what he's doing is pretty impressive now he's he's very far along athletically and talent wise like he has an arm and he has a quick release a pretty throwing motion he's talented he's big he's fast Um, so all those those skills are there He, he just needs reps and He's getting those reps a little earlier than I thought he would, but he's, he's, uh, he's handling it very well, and we're, we're very smart about our game planning and, and making sure he's in good plays and not putting him in bad positions to, to ruin game plans for us. So back
0: in August, the first scrimmage, it was a Saturday morning, a show up. Obviously, like every other person around the Gardner-Webb program, most intrigued by the quarterback battle, who's going to win that job. It was a four-way battle, as you had it listed uh, in the depth chart then. And I remember... I think it was with third-teamers, as you just highlighted, turning to Richard Martin, your SID, and saying, who's number 17? He's going to be good. He looks the part. Mm-hmm. And, and the commentary that I got at the time was, yeah, he's, he's raw, but he's talented, and one day. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised that that one day has come so quickly?
1: I am. Uh, yeah, just to be honest with you, because I know I-, I couldn't have imagined playing football at 18 in these type of games that mean so much as a starter i would not have been even near ready and i feel like i had a football knowledge beyond my years because of my family and yeah. growing up in coaching and that's all i knew um but the fact that he's doing what he is 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 really impressive for me and i think you know the sky's the limit for this kid we have scouts come by every other day at practice and one of the first thing they say is who's that you know balls coming out of his hand who's your quarterback and they were like, oh, he's a true freshman, you know, maybe come back in a few years. <laughs> um, but, I mean, everybody can see visually how 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 good he can be.
0: What is Jalen King's ceiling? Is he a potential oh, yeah, throw one
1: day? He's a potential draft pick, no question. I mean, he has all the all the measurables. 6'3", 210 right now. I think he'll be 230 next season. Um, he's going to run 4'6", 4'5", has a beautiful throw in motion, big arm, quick release, smart, tough. Um, everything you want, and, and the kids are rallying around him. That, that's what's most impressive is the guys believe in him, and uh, when you can win a locker room over with his personality, uh, it, it's going it, to be fun to watch.
0: Your team is the talk of FCS football at the moment, especially in this region of the country, because Gardner-Webb has not been in this position before you helped get them here these last two years. I think even more so than the team, your quarterback, Jalen King, is the talk of the team and, I guess, largely uh, the talk of FCS football in this region of the country right now. And he's Each of the last two weeks, he's had just ridiculous rollout touchdown passes on the run across his body. He was highlighted uh, on college football final by ESPN this week uh, for the touchdown pass against Tennessee Tech this past Saturday. Um, he seems like he's mature beyond his years but you've also told me that hey, he kind of comes from a small town he's a country kid um, this level of exposure is unique and new to him how did you discover Jalen and what exactly is the background he comes from
1: yeah you know he, he's he's the son of a pig farmer in Folkston Georgia which is uh, little single A public high school in the bottom right corner of the state of Georgia, right there in the Okefenokee Swamp, right by the Florida line. Champ Bailey and Boss Bailey played at this high school. They've had players um, over the years, and you know we actually went to see him at a Georgia Tech camp where we took some of our offensive coaches down there when he was a junior, and we watched him throw along with several other quarterbacks. And we we're like, okay, who's this kid? We need to make sure we keep him on the radar. Troy offered him. Troy University offered him not much later than that um, after his junior year, and we kind of just stayed on him, stayed in the fight with him, stayed in the game, kept communicating with him and his dad. Um, and they're just simple people; they just want someone who can take care of their son, get him from point A to point B. Um, they're not—he's not a quarterback dad where he's, he thinks he knows everything, and uh, he's a yes or no sir kid. He does everything right, never comes across my desk for issues off the field. Um, just a dream really honestly we got lucky that we found him and we we signed him and um, he loves it here he he, he loves small town feel he likes boiling springs he likes the dorms he's appreciative of the food of what we give him um he's not a, a high maintenance kid and um he he's uh you could tell he's worked for it his whole life and uh, nothing's been given to him i ask respectfully how did everybody miss him I think it has a lot to do with where he's located. You know, yeah. not many people go down there. Most teams fly into Atlanta or fly into Jacksonville and they kind of hit the south part of the state or hit the Atlanta metro area. And we've had a lot of success hitting the small towns in South Georgia, the small towns in North Georgia that a lot of, you know, a lot of MAC schools are not going to go down there. A lot of Sunbelt schools are not going to go down there uh, to find these players. And uh, we, I mean, you look at Ty Anderson, he's from down there. Ty French, he's from down there. Uh, Jimmy Bowdry, from down there in South Georgia, um, we've got Mel is from down there in South Georgia. We've had a lot. We got a lot of a lot of our best players are from rural towns in the South, and a lot of these big programs don't go and do their homework. They just kind of throw out blanket offers in the metro area, and we've gotten lucky finding these kids.
0: I think what I'm most impressed by, and over four years together, Trey, I've gotten to know you pretty well. What I'm most impressed by is how. You've openly and honestly matured as a head coach. And what I mean by that is you came to Gardner-Webb with this high-powered, air raid-style offense, and over the course of a few years you realized Nari Gaither at running back is your best player, and you found ways to use him. Uh, this year, you before Jalen King's uh, discovery here in the middle of the season, you had said to me that Nari Gaither and Jaden Brown were your two best offensive players. And next thing you know, there's 20 personnel. And then I think there was 30 personnel one week with Jaden Brown and Nari Gaither and Nemo Squire all in uh, at one point, three running backs on the field. Um, You like to throw the ball. Pretty much every game since Jalen King uh, came in for the first time against East Carolina, you've run the ball more than you've thrown the ball. Where does that change, that maturity come from?
1: Yeah, I think the object is to win the game, you know, and to use your best players. If you're a chef, um, you know, you're only as good as your ingredients. And, you know, you could take a chef at a five-star Michelin restaurant, but if you give him McDonald's frozen food, he's he's going to struggle to make something good out of it. So I'm just trying to take what we have best right now, who's playing the best, who's our most prolific players, who can make you miss the most, who can make plays in space and get those players in those situations. Um, and right now that's Jalen King, Nari Gaither, and, and Jaden Brown. Um, we graduated a, an NFL receiver in T.J. Luther. We graduated a 45-catch guy in Cottrell Haywood. And we graduated Bailey Fisher, who's a five-year starter in college football. So I knew there was going to be a little struggle in the passing game this year. I, I'm not naive. I, I, Matt could throw the football, but I knew T.J. wasn't going to be out there. you know. And we've missed on a couple receivers. That I mean, you look at LaJonte Wester. He's the number one receiver in all of college football in two categories, yards and receptions at Florida Atlantic. He was committed to Gardner-Webb. We had him on an official visit. You look at a guy, Seneca McKee at UNLV, who's got 70 catches at UNLV this year. He was committed to Gardner-Webb. We've had a couple receivers we've missed on late because bigger schools have come in and offered them. Um, And we're young at that position. A.J. Johnson's a freshman. Karim Page is a true sophomore. Ephraim Floyd's a true sophomore. Caleb Borders, true sophomore. All our production at receiver is young. And I knew it was going to be young. We tried to go get some older guys out of the portal. We struck out on a couple guys. It happens. Um, But you got to take what you got on August 1st and figure out how to make that work for, for 14 games, however many we get to play. That's my job. That is my sole job is to find a way to score points, manufacture points, not to put defense in bad spots and uh, find a way to win a game, whether it's 3 to nothing, or 52. I mean, we won a game 45-44, to 44, and then we win one this week 35 nothing, and only have seven first downs on offense. So I don't care what the stats look like. I don't care what the scoreboard looks like. As long as we have more points than the other team, I, I, I've done my job as the head coach.
0: What's the old saying? A win's a win's a win?
1: That's right. A win's a win's a win.
0: Here's another way you've matured. It's not just the decisions you make on the field. I've noticed that the tone and the tenor of the program has changed. As you've won more, there's more of an expectation to win. But also, I think back to your first season, that four-game, if you even want to call it a season, uh, that four-game spring campaign played back in 2021. You were the young coach, fiery coach that came in, for lack of a better phrase, rah-rah kind of program, dancing on the sideline, party with the lights you know, blaring and the music blasting in the locker room after the wins. And now you've sort of morphed it into a program of we're here to take care of business. We're serious. We're here to take care of business. There's less of that other, I guess, details and far more focused on let's win championships and let's let's get rigs. Why make that kind of change? Why turn in that direction as, as you've gotten further along as a head coach?
1: When I got here, the program needed that. Yeah. It was a place that expected to lose. Um I don't know that the previous staff was entirely as – I wanted to bring that energy. I don't know how energetic they were. Uh, I wanted – and I didn't know these kids. I didn't know any of the guys I was walking into the room with. So I had to set the tone when I got here. Is, hey, we're going to be excited to do this. If we don't do anything else, we're going to be excited to play. Like, and we're going to be excited to celebrate small victories because there hadn't been a ton. We're going to celebrate every single good thing that happens to us because you need that momentum to get to where we are now. And I think as you recruit your own guys and they start finding find out who you actually are, who they actually are, there's a level of trust that's built. Like, hey, because you don't have to do that anymore. Like, we're going to play hard. You know, we're going to celebrate these victories. You just coach, get us in the right spots. We're going to make the plays. And then we'll get on to the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week. I think it's, it's morphed into an, it was a necessity when I got here. Like, it, it, it needed it so bad. This program needed life. And we wanted to provide that life and that energy Uh, from day one. And after the spring season, it became a little less, okay? Uh, The next year we didn't require as much because they knew what the expectation was. They knew how I wanted to operate. And then year three, obviously winning a championship helps, and then now we're at where we're at now, hopefully going to win another one Saturday. Uh, But I think it's just what each team needs, and every team's different. That first team needed that. Like, they needed rah-rah. They needed juice. They needed to see it from the top. And now, I mean, our guys play just as hard – they're just not needing it from me as much. I, I can be more of a thinker and a uh, game manager than I am a uh, cheerleader. So here's the
0: situation on Saturday. You play Charleston Southern at 1 p.m. at Spengler Stadium. If you win, you claim the co-championship in the Big South. You're 4-1 and right now. You'll finish 5-1 and tied with UT Martin. You have the head-to-head over them, and so you would earn the automatic berth to the FCS playoffs. First, how do you keep your team focused? Because Charleston Southern, with a new head coach, is playing a style that can make things a little bit difficult.
1: Yeah, we're not looking ahead to anything. Our focus is 100% on winning this football game. Somehow, some way, fight, claw, scrap for every single yard, every single inch, every single play, has its own entity and has a life of its own. And we're going to go focus today. We're going to do the same plan we've been doing for the entire Winning streak, this plan this week for the coaches and the staff and the players is to the minute, the exact thing we've been doing the last four weeks. We're not changing a thing. Uh, We're going to be focused on one task at a time, one possession at a time, one play at a time, and this Saturday at 1 o'clock, we need this stadium packed. Like, we need a home field advantage. We've been undefeated this year at home. Um, I think we've lost one home game in two seasons uh we we've been really good here and we need to create that environment uh for our players because they need it especially on third down defensively
0: second if you win what's that celebration going to be like on the field
1: oh it's going to top last years i think you know i, I think winning back to back is hard um winning in general's hard uh but you know our kids our kids believe we can do it and and there's an expectation that we're going to get this done and we're going to get into the playoffs again. And that was our goal August 1st. The only thing I put up there was playoffs. Somehow, way, get in the dance. And I knew after last year winning a playoff game, we were going to have a little more respect nationally. Uh, so I think there was a better chance than an at-large. Obviously now we have a chance to win the conference outright, um, which is even better. But it guarantees us a chance to get in the dance. I think once you get in, um, anything can happen. I think we saw that last year and see who we get matched up with. But First things first, Charleston Southern is my main focus. Saturday 1 p.m. at
0: Spangler Stadium as Gardner-Webb looks to finish the season 7 and 4, 5 and 1 in Big South OVC play and winners of 5 in a row. For tickets, gwusports.com. That's gwusports.com. Tickets are still available. You can hear the game on the Running Bulldogs Sports Network. Digitally on the Varsity app or locally on WGNC AM 1450, FM one oh one one or I urge you to come out. But if you can't, watch on TV ESPN Plus. That's where, that's where I'll be on Saturday, Trey. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Gardner Webb head football coach Trey Lamb here on the Coaches Show podcast. Trey, as always, thank you for the time. Big one this Saturday. All the best of luck. Appreciate it. Go dogs. You've been listening to the Gardner Web Coaches Show podcast presented by Alpha Graphics South Charlotte. The Gardner Web Coaches Show podcast is a presentation of the Running Bulldogs Sports Network. Any reproduction, retransmission, or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Gardner Web Athletics is strictly prohibited. Announcers are selected by Gardner Web University. You've been listening to the Gardner Web Coaches Show podcast presented by Alpha Graphics South Charlotte.